Well, hello, and thank you for listening to your new favorite podcast, The Local Woman. My name is Sierra, and today I am joined by Mr. Robert Grant as my co-host for the show. Robert, hello, welcome. Hello, Well, Robert, tell everyone a little about why we're joining, why you're joining me today. So today I'm super excited because we are going to get to talk to one of our Spark Making members who has taken her what was a home-based business in a spare bedroom and has turned it into, you know, we, we can go ahead and say it because we're celebrating it, a $100,000 in revenue business last year for 2021. I'm forgetting what year it is. And we are so... <laughs> and we are, we are so excited, but I think that her story and her insight would be really great for anybody that is starting a business because she got this to this point so quickly and seemingly without a ton of uh, overwhelming disaster, as can happen with a lot of startups. So I just thought that Rhonda would be a great person to speak to today about her business. Well, I know I'm incredibly excited to have her on the show. Rhonda, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Of <laughs> course. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I'd say, Robert, you really did that introduction. <laughs> do the hype man thing pretty well, right? You do. You do. Well, Rhonda, as Robert said, we will be talking to you a day about your business. Um, Bella May Designs uh, is the name of your business. And you have been in business for how many years? Officially on the record too, but when I was operating under the radar, it's a total of four. Awesome, awesome. Because you know what? That's a really good thing to point out. People do have to work to kind of in some way legitimize their businesses. And I definitely say you've accomplished that at this point. Thank you, thank you. Absolutely. So Rhonda, how did the idea for your business come about and how did you get started? Actually, the idea for the business came about because I love trendy t-shirts. However, the person who I um, went to to provide me with custom t-shirts, um, one, they overpriced me or overpriced the t-shirts. And then two, the words um, on the t-shirt, they were not straight. They were kind of slanted. And they charged me like $30 for a t-shirt that only had like eight words on it and the words were not straight. So basically I became upset and anyone who knows me knows that anytime I get upset about something, a change is about to happen. Big change. So that's how my business came about, out of anger. <laughs> you know, some of the some of the greatest things ever are spawned by anger. Mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah. Uh, sometimes that is the best driving force. We can definitely agree on that. Well, Miss Rhonda, in addition to uh, why you may have started your business, what would you say was the driving force that encouraged you to become an entrepreneur? So not just starting the business, but to continue with the business. Well, growing up, I've always had a self or a sense of doing things for myself. I never saw myself working for anyone else. Um, and it's funny because my parents are not like that. My dad was in the military. My mom, she worked at a gas station and they didn't have that entrepreneurial spirit. And for me to just this free spirit to come along, like, oh, I'm not working for anybody else. I'm just going to do my own thing, you know, was out of the norm because in our household, it was, you go to school, you go to college, you get a job. 
And for me, I was like, I'll go to college, I guess. <laughs> and I'll get a job somewhere. But I never wanted to work for someone my entire life, ever, ever. I was always coming up with creative things to do to make money or to find money in a good way, not like stealing or anything like that, <laughs> but to find money. But yeah, it's never, it's always been, the driving force was just to be free and to do what it was that I wanted to do. How have your parents reacted to you deciding to become an entrepreneur since well, they were so different in, in that way as far as um, how they were motivated career-wise? Well, my mom doesn't know. Your mom doesn't know. My mom does not know. I'm sorry, what? My mom does not know that I am a full-time entrepreneur. Oh my God, finally the local woman getting the tea first. Yes. She does not know that I am, that I left my job. She does not know. And if I can help it, she will not know until later. And the reason being is because, like I said, in my household growing up, you had to go to school, you had to get a job, you have to work for someone, have to have a 401k. But like I said, that, that was not my thing. And then also, I remember when I first told my mom that I was going to start a business. She was like, oh, nobody's going to buy your shirts. I was like, hey, mm. don't speak negative over my business. Thank I rebuke that. But um, my dad, my parents, they're, they're not married anymore. But my dad, he knew. Because leading up to right before I left my job, I was not in a happy place. And he said, something is different. And he was like, Rhonda, do you still work? Because I wasn't going to tell him either. He was like, Rhonda, do you still work? I was like, oh, I didn't have to work today. You know, I would beat around the bush. But he was like, you don't work for um, the company that you work for anymore, do you? I was like, no. So he knew. He was just waiting for me to tell him. But he loves it. He supports me every step of the way. Like any idea that I have that I think could take off or would take off he's right there supportive he and I run everything by him I'm like what do you think about this what do you think about that do you think this is a bad investment what do you think about this he was like if you believe in it go for it so he's 1000% supportive I was just scared of my daddy <laughs> <laughs> well that's incredible Rhonda and I think it's incredible that you have the support of your father and I'm certain that uh, when you're ready you'll also have the support of your mom um <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope she never hears this podcast. And I'm assuming she doesn't have a Facebook, though, because you have an incredible Facebook presence uh, that can be incredibly encouraging to others who might follow you that are entrepreneurs that are interested in starting a business. But what business related books or podcast or people inspire you most? The one that I have listened to most recently by Curtis 50 Cent Jackson. Okay. Carter hustle smarter. That book changed my entire perspective about him. It made me realize how strategic he is with everything that it is that he does. If he makes fun of somebody, it has a marketing purpose behind that. Everything that he does is strategic because if you go to his Instagram account, you like, you know what, I, I, I just can't with him. But after listening to him, because I listen to books on Audible, um, listen to it, listening to it recently, that just opened my eyes like, okay, it made me realize that I need to be strategic and intentional about everything that it is that I do and also take advantage of the opportunities that are presented right in front of me. 
Absolutely. And if you'll repeat the name of the book again, I want to make sure. Was that Think Harder, Hustle Smarter? It's, it's Hustle Harder, Hustle Smarter. By hustle Jay. Harder, Hustle Smarter. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Amazing. I'll have to check that out. And we certainly encourage our listeners to check that out as well. And Rhonda, as you've been working uh, or on your entrepreneurial journey, Robert hates that phrase. Do you believe that there is My some whole sort body of- cringed. <laughs> entrepreneurial journey. Robert goes, no, no, he hates it. But do you believe there is some sort of pattern or formula to becoming successful as an entrepreneur? Because technically, like Robert was saying, it didn't take you long to really take off. This was something that seemed to come to you naturally. Actually, it took a long time. <laughs> I feel like it took a long time. But it did as, not. It, it, it did not. Rhonda is being way too humble about this. So I'm going to I'm going to cut in on Rhonda a little bit here. So from from you and you know, you correct me if I'm wrong here, Rhonda, okay. from you coming through the doors at Spark making to quitting your job. In <laughs> fact, I'll ask you how much time passed. <laughs> Come on, tell the people. Was it about a year or so? Okay, so it's approximately a year. Okay, Rhonda, that's incredible. That's an that's incredible. outstanding. Incredible. Outstanding. So, Rhonda, you know what? Rhonda, humble, very humble, but you know what? We're going <laughs> to brag on Rhonda today. Anyway, please continue now, Rhonda. Okay, but as far <laughs> as a special formula, I don't think that there is a special formula. I think that you have to have a certain drive and determination in you. Um, as well as you really have to set clear goals. For me, my goals were extremely aggressive and they were aggressive to a fault. But I know this, I'm aware of that. But I knew that the end prize would be so worth it. It would be so worth it. So if I had any advice to anyone as far as a, a formula, I would say, make sure that you set your goals and you, you keep your eye on the prize because it's my goals that help me stay focused. I knew one that I needed or not, not needed, but I wanted to leave my job. Two, I knew the amount of revenue that I wanted to come into the business. Three, I had to figure out how much it would cost for me <laughs> not to have a job. So once I determined that, I posted it and I kept, <laughs> I kept looking at it. Because I had to have a constant reminder, okay, this is what it is that you want to do. Okay, this is what it is that you're going to have to do to achieve it. So that's the main thing. And then aside from that, from a a spiritual standpoint, I wrote like my declarations for the year. And I knew, okay, I want to leave my job. I want to have my business do this. I want to do that. And along with my declarations, I attached scripture to it and I posted that. I had that where it was a visual every day to as a constant reminder okay Rhonda stay focused you want this there's promises that say that you can have anything that you want only thing you have to do is be determined keep your eye on the prize and keep the faith that's the main thing (laughs) keep faith so I have a follow-up question about that Rhonda yes well sort of a follow-up on that Mm and especially in the early days of your business was there anything in particular that would just kind of for lack of better words, kind of set you off and just say, you know what, I can't do this. What am I doing right now? Let's just, this business is just not going to work. Let me just stay in this job. Was there just anything that would happen that would set you off? 
or like make make that work day really, really difficult? I would say the one thing that set me off and I had I learned from it is that <laughs> customers, <laughs> you can't please everyone. Mm-hmm. And it would always be where I would receive like a message at two o'clock in the morning. That's even before the day start. Um, right, right. Or someone would be not satisfied with the way that I was handling things. And I learned how, I had to learn how to control my emotions. Had right. to learn how to control my emotions because sometimes like it would get way deep down in me and it would ruin my whole day. It would right. ruin my productivity for that day. I couldn't produce things like I would normally do, but I had to learn how to control my emotion because you can't, for lack of a better word, you can't please everybody. Everybody is not going to be happy with your product. However, mm. the only thing that you can do is try your best. And what steps did you take personally to 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 get to that point where you could sort of keep your emotions separate from your business activity? I had to constantly remind myself that this is a job. Emotions don't pay money. So the only thing that you can do is try to fix it the best way that you can and move on. And that's it. That's it. Well, and I'd also like to know a little more about how you went about setting those boundaries with customers. Um, I've seen you kind of post about that a little bit, about only accepting um, emails during a certain time or in a certain manner. I think that that's something that a lot of entrepreneurs can learn from, how to go ahead and in the beginning of establishing their business, set those boundaries as far as the time in which they're taking calls and things of that nature. Do you have any advice on that? Set them early and stick with them do not budge off of it because the more that you become successful within your business, the more people are going to try to push you. They're going to try to push you and they're going to have, you know, try to wiggle their way in. Oh, just do it for me this one time, you know, (laughs) and that one time will turn into 20. You know, you have to have those boundaries because just like with having a regular job, you have to decompress from this. If you don't, it'll consume you and it'll eat you up. I'm a living witness of that. And I said that last year was really the first year that I established those boundaries. And that was the best thing that I have ever done. Like on Mondays, that's my research and development day, or that's my catch up day where I have to do stuff for me and for the business. And I stick with that. Yeah, I may respond to an email or two, but can you meet me? Can you do this? Can you do no? Is it's going to be what I want to do and what's best for the business. But for someone who's just starting out, I would say most definitely establish those business hours early. Do not bend. Of course, things happen and you have to bend a little bit, but don't make it a habit at all. Oh, I've got another follow-up question. So with your business and customers, that separation is really important. But what about person, your personal life? And how do you keep a business from completely steamrolling your personal life and making it so you kind of can't enjoy anything or have normal relationships with your friends, family, a significant other? (laughs) When I leave my office, that's it. That's it. And that's the benefit. It's, It's extremely hard. It's extremely hard. But especially with last year, once I implemented the, the business hours, I knew my cutoff time was six. 
or 5 30 because I have to go to the post office but officially it was six so once I close that door once I leave that's it you know I may look at an email but to be engaging I had to force myself to make things wait if someone emails me about an order okay you could check that tomorrow they won't die <laughs> they will not die they can wait so what kind of advice would you give to somebody as I think, especially in the early stages of businesses, people really get stuck in this mindset that if they don't deal with this customer right now, that they're going to lose business or that that's uh -uh. going to hurt them when act when in actuality, I think we both can vouch for this in actuality, that's not the case at all. Right. Yeah. So what, what would you, what would you tell them to sort of put them at ease that that email can wait until tomorrow? One, um, everybody, let me just say this. Everyone is not your customer and your customer will respect your boundaries. They will respect your boundaries and they will understand. However, for someone that's coming on that thinks that they have to just obtain or reach out to everybody that contacts them, I would tell them that your customer is your customer. You're not going to, if it's meant for you to have that sale, you will have that sale. If it's not, whether you respond now or if you respond first thing in the morning, they won't be your customer. So you don't have to be, you know, in such a hurry to disrupt your processes, your procedures that you have in place to protect your sanity, just to rush something along that may or may not happen. And what I I'm really like you saying that everybody is not your customer. I think everybody you can repeat that 12 customer. times. I think that's probably something every entrepreneur is, uh, needs to hear. It's going to be a snippet. You, I'm going to use it. It's the best. Yeah, yeah, you need to put that on the t-shirt. <laughs> like, it's good. Like, once I realized that everyone is not my customer and I realized who my target market was, that changed the game. That changed the game. And I'm... I'm kind of upset that I realized it so late, but I'm appreciative of everything that I had to go through to realize that. But everyone, no, everyone is not your customer. And as soon as you realize that, you'll know how to market to those customers and those customers will in turn become repeat customers. I'm so sorry. I have another follow-up question because Rhonda's just dropping them. So yeah, she, I'm already, I'm, I'm taking notes over here now. Already. I said, <laughs> so, everyone is not your customer. I'm just kidding. So, <laughs> so everyone's not your customer. So how did you really hone in on who your customer is? Okay. So the way that it worked for me is that I was getting burnt out. I was honest, honestly getting burnt out from trying to cater to everyone. What I did was from making or trying to appeal to all audiences. And at the time, the birthday crew, the vacation crew, the bride crew, I was sick of making those shirts. Everybody had a crew, everybody had a squad. So I started making um, shirts for a business. Why are y'all laughing? I'm just dying because I remember you making those shirts and how yeah, frustrated yeah. you were. I, like, oh, <laughs> but um, I started making shirts for a particular business. And I was like, okay, they came back for some more. I was like, okay, I can dig this. And with businesses, they don't just order one shirt. So I said, you know what? I said, this is where I need to be because the goal is to work smarter and not harder. 
So if I'm working with these businesses, I know they're going to come back because one, they're going to hire more employees. Two, the t-shirts are going to get old. <laughs> Three, and they're going to revamp and want to expand and have projects. And I said, that's who I want to target. I want to target business customers because one, it'll make it easy for me because I'll be able to generate this repetitive revenue from them, especially if I produce a quality product. So all the birth, I don't get me wrong. I still make birthday shirts here and there. I still do other things. But when I realize that I can target in on small business customers and cater to them and not really small business customers, because I do large business stuff too, but I can cater to them and they will come back. That was a gold mine. I was like, I don't even have to do a whole bunch of marketing for this. <laughs> right. I was and trying to make that, my job as easy as possible. Absolutely. And that's so important that a lot of times, you know, people forget about that customer acquisition cost and mm -hmm. how that marketing, how those marketing dollars are eating into your profit. So when you have a customer that keeps coming back and it doesn't cost you money to get them to come back, mm -hmm. that's a win. That's and a then, win. One of my biggest customers um, that I that I cater to now is um, they they have rhinestone shirts. What happens is when I do their rhinestone shirts for them, the people it's like an umbrella. So you have the head poncho up here. They order their shirts, but up under the umbrella they have teams. So guess what happens? Those teams order shirts, and guess what happens with that? They order shirts from other things. So it's a tree. It's like a, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a, what's the word? You know a pyramid? Word. <laughs> Not a pyramid. <laughs> Rhonda said, don't you do that to me. No, she said, no, don't you do that to me. <laughs> She's like, and suddenly I'd like to talk to you about my paparazzi jewelry. And I was like, you know. But, but it, it's a domino effect. You know, they see a quality product. Okay, they want something special for them. And then the people up under them, they want something special. So guess what? That's more money for me. Absolutely. And uh, more than anything, what I believe you're talking about is you're creating a network. Right. You're creating a network of people who are um, that, again, as Robert was stating, you don't have to go out and market to those people every time. They know who you are. They know the quality of your work. And they also feel comfortable recommending you to other people who also um, can then vouch for the quality of your work. But speaking of your customers, I'd love to know what is one customer compliment that you just can't forget? One that you received that just really way um, motivated you and kind of continues to kind of weigh on your mind as you're thinking about why you do what you do. Actually, the compliment that came about, it wasn't even from t-shirts. It was from a coaching session. <laughs> they said that I was able to open their eyes so that they can see um, things that they had never imagined that their business can do. And it was, and I, I didn't even do any, I didn't feel like I did anything that was super special. I just thought outside of the box. And sometimes you need that. You know, you need somebody to come along and think outside of the box because you can look at a triangle for three hours. And the only thing that you're gonna see is that triangle. Whereas I can come in and look at them like, you know, if you turn it this way, or if you duplicate it, you know, you can make a star or you can do this, you know. So sometimes you need that outside perspective. But that's the one compliment because simply from me helping them, they've been able to, they offered a service. So they've incorporated products. 
they've incorporated subscription services. Um, they've even branched outside of um, their, their norm and start partnering or collaborating with other people that do things that's similar with them to expand their footprint. So, yeah. Well, tell us a little bit about the coaching. Now, we talked about Bellamy Designs, but you said nothing about coaching now, Rhonda. We got to get it all out there. Let them know what you're doing. Yeah, with the coaching, the coaching came about um, simply because I want to help other small businesses um, with their, how can I put it, with them getting started, making sure that they have everything properly structured. Like, there's a difference between being a legitimate business and a hobbyist you can be a hobbyist all day but that doesn't mean that you're registered with the state you don't have your EIN you don't do all of these other things I want to make sure that when you're ready to level up in your business that you have your formation correctly because guess what that opens the doors to so many possibilities and the only way they can get that is through my coaching absolutely and what <laughs> I really like about it is the fact that um, you are sharing what you've learned with people and you're allowing, um, you're meeting with people where they are, which is very similar to what we do at Spark Making. And that's one of the wonderful things about Spark Making is all the resources and the people that we have there and that are continuing to grow there. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yes. Well, Rhonda, we have absolutely loved having you on the show today. Um, Robert was even on his best behavior today. I'm just proud of him. He did a great job. And you know, so I do my best. I do he my did best. a great job. And you all, it's uh, just wonderful to be able to tell this story, Rhonda, um, not only to be able to celebrate you and where you are right now, but just so other people can come back, listen to this, and really be encouraged by it. You were the first in a, a number of interviews that we'll be doing with people from Spark Making, and we'll also be following up with Rhonda. So don't think this is the last time that you will hear her on The Local Woman. She will have uh, many jump-ins because I want to speak with her more about her coaching, more about um, the very various resources that she's uh, been able to uh, amass during her time during this year as she's grown her business and things of that nature. So Rhonda has so much more to share and we have so much more that we want to hear from you about Miss Rhonda. And before we go, you've got to tell the people how they can find you. Ooh, he's good. <laughs> you can reach me on Facebook. I am, um, my personal page is Rhonda Tandy Dash Pearson. The business page is Bell Amay, is B E L L E A M E Designs. Um, on Instagram, it is Bell underscore A M E underscore Designs. And on TikTok, it's Bell Amay Designs all ran together. But of course, make sure you check out my website, which is www.designed by bellamay.com and if you have any questions or anything make sure you fill out the contact us page and we will respond to you shortly absolutely well thank you so much miss Rhonda. thank you of course robert thanks for joining me today thanks for having me of course you all have a wonderful day and you um to everyone listening thanks so much for tuning into the local woman we appreciate you for joining us today and we also appreciate you for continuing to be listeners so have a great day bye bye <laughs>